If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew chapter 12 and let's continue on this idea. Men are different from women. Some would even say men are Martians and women are Venetians and not blinds. Okay? Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 34. Now Jesus is talking to some of the Pharisees and Sadducees and they've been asking him some questions. And so the religious teachers of the days, a day have been kind of digging in on him. And he's been talking about the type of fruit that we produce. And so then here in the second part of verse 34, he says this, Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Now, the Hebrew people and the people that are a little different thinking than us, Whatever they say, heart, the mind and the heart are tied together. So whenever they say, Jesus says, your heart, he's talking about this all-connected part where your thoughts, your emotions, and your plans come forth from here. So whenever Jesus says, whatever is in your heart, he's saying this is the source of communication because that is where your thoughts are at, that's where your emotions reside, and that's where your planning comes from. So it shouldn't be a surprise when he says that this is the source of our communication because this is what we're thinking, this is what we're feeling, and even the planning that we have ahead. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. How many of you have ever said something and immediately wanted to grab it back? Right? How many of you have ever posted something and immediately wanted to unpost it? It's those moments when we let the guard of our heart down that all of a sudden stuff begins to spew out. Whether we're angry, whether we're frustrated, whatever that may be, in that moment, we just kind of let stuff out. And that's why it has a tendency to happen in those safe places with those that we love the most. Whether that's our family, whether that's our friends, and we kind of get into a safe place, and whatever it is, in that moment, we kind of let the guard down and just we truly just vomit and let everything out. And so what's truly inside of our heart, what we're thinking, what we're feeling, maybe even what we've been planning, comes out. So Jesus is saying, listen, whatever's in that heart, the source of life for you, if you don't guard it, number one, if you don't guard it from what's coming in, but then also you don't guard what's going out, it can be life damaging. This past week I had a friend come through town and my friend is a former pastor, and some of them got to meet him. He's um, working on a, one of his projects around the world, and that is bringing water to people. And one of the things that we talked about in bringing water to people is, is that there are about 4,500, 4,600 kids a day that are dying around the world because they do not have water. Now, some of us are thinking water. We don't really have good water in LaGrange, right? But people around the world are literally dying for the type of water that we're not drinking even here. And what for us, water is a source of life. And what we've learned throughout history is that clean water brings life and dirty water brings sickness, unhealth, and death. For us, our heart is our water source. And in that moment when we don't filter out what comes in, we allow our hearts to become mucky, stinky, nasty water. And so should it surprise us that the stuff that we've allowed out into our heart over time, that all of a sudden when life really happens and we get into that safe place, that just, ooh, this spews out, that what spews out is nasty water that no one wants to drink and actually people run away from. You've been to those places where it's, it's someone gets excited to get sick and then they kind of spew their guts. No one's like hanging around looking at it, are they? 
There's times in life when we spew stuff out of us that the source of life is here and we spew it out, we let the guard down, and people are scattering from us and they're saying, if that's what Jesus looks like, I don't want any part of that. It's in those moments whenever what we've been allowing in, the nasty stinkiness spews out and how it changes the perception of what we are as followers of Jesus. What's in our heart? How I love swimming and going to swimming pools. Any of you love swimming? Most of us love swimming, splashing, some we don't, but we love to get in there, play, hang around, kind of cool off. None of us, I've never met a person that enjoys cleaning the pool. We all enjoy splashing around, have a good time in it, but nobody's like, hey, sign me up, I want to clean it. We want to enjoy the results of the clean pool, but not the work. Same is true in our, in our own personal lives. So listen, we've got to do some some hard work sometimes when no one's noticing, no one's looking. We've got to guard ourselves and clean out the pool and the muck so that people will want to be around this Jesus follower that we claim that we are. Let me ask you this. What's in your heart? If you go to the heart doctor this week and he kind of lays you open, he does an examination of your heart, what's he going to find in your heart? Is he going to find lies? Lies either you're telling yourself or you're telling other people things that you've bought into. Is he going to find deceit? Maybe you've got this where you've kind of got some little white lies that you've told or you're trying to hold on to and it's a little bit of the truth but it's just twisted just enough to make yourself look good. That's called deceit. It's that old idea of how big was the fish that you caught? Right? That's deceit. Why do we do that? Because we want people to be impressed by who we are. Not by who we truly are but who we want them to think we are. Lies and deceit and flattery. Have you ever told someone something nice so that they will like you even though the truth is maybe something completely different? That we flatter people with false words and we want people to flatter us with false words. Maybe your heart is filled with broken promises. Maybe you're the one that's broken them or maybe you're the one that's received them or maybe a little bit of both. Sometimes our hearts are just full of silence. That there's moments that we should be sharing life-giving words, but instead of that, we're just silent. We don't say anything. We see something, an injustice happening. Instead of jumping into the injustice, we're just silent because it's easier to be silent. Maybe lust is in your heart. Maybe you've had that moment of you've seen and you've gone beyond what God says is enjoying creation, but you've gone beyond that. That is called lust. Maybe greed, maybe envy, maybe you've coveted. Covet is this idea of moving even beyond envy that you see something and you hope that that person dies so that you can enjoy what they have, that they don't deserve it. That is what coveting means. None of us would ever claim that inside of our hearts that we struggle with selfishness or maybe even in our hearts there's murder, that we've seen someone and instead of not physically murdering, but we've assassinated their character by the words that we've said or the things that we've thought, we've murdered other people. And on and on and on it goes. If you were to do a word study of the heart throughout, the, throughout Scripture, you would see all kinds of ideas. And I want us this morning just to take a moment and kind of look through some of the Scriptures and think about this idea of that the source of our communication is our heart and what are we communicating to people around us as followers of Jesus and how important it is 
for us in our relationships to really truly guard what's coming in and also to guard what's coming out. Because listen, none of us have arrived and none of us ever will arrive. So our hearts are always going to have some heart issues. And so there's always going to be some stuff inside that's stinky and nasty and whatever. Part of the deal is somewhere along the way that we understand that the heart guard stops what's here so that we can stop it for a moment and bring life-giving words to people instead of spewing out the stank. Okay? But also that part of that process is that we begin to allow life-giving things to come in so it can cleanse and filter that stuff out. And part of that, one of the main things is the Word of God. So in Matthew chapter 15, verse 15 and following, it says this. Anything you eat passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. That's pretty clear, right? But the words you speak come from where? The heart. That's what defiles you. Flip to the next one for me there. For from the heart comes what we just talked about. Evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with unwashed hands will never defile you. In other words, people of that day were so caught up into the religious things of the day that they forgot about what it meant. They were so caught up in being religious and going to church and doing the churchy things that they forgot about the heart, that they were cleaning up the outside of the cup, but the inside of the cup is nasty. One of my things is, is Becky and I talk about this all the time, is, is there's going to come a point in my life where all I want is a coffee cup and a fork and a paper plate. And I don't even know if I need the paper plate because I got a coffee cup. I'm a minimalist. And so I have to wash the inside of my cup. I will drink coffee out of that same cup. I'll drink orange juice out of the same cup. I'll drink sweet tea out of the same cup. But I've learned that if I don't wash the inside of that cup, what happens? It's nasty, right? It's nasty. Listen, there's all kinds of things going through our heart, and we've got to wash not just the outside, but we've got to wash the inside. People are watching us. We say that we're disciples and students of Jesus, and they're watching. And, man, we can get cleaned up really good for Sundays, but what do we look like on Monday? What spews out of us at the workplace? What spews out of us at the athletic events? In Matthew chapter 5, verse 18, it says this. Actually, verse, uh, yeah, verse 28. Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. It's already done. Psalm 51.10. This is a psalm of, of David. And David, at this point, had already messed up. He had already committed murder. He had already had an affair. And God even comes back to him after this and says, David, you are a man after God's own heart. How can a, how can a man who committed murder, how can a man who had an affair, how can a man who did everything that he did, how could God come back and say, you, David, are a man after God's own heart because of this? True Repentance. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. God, I, I want you to do the hard work. That, that word heart literally is cardia. And so we get this terminology that some of you have heard of these guys, the cardiologist, the guys that study the heart. And so God is a cardiologist. He has studied the heart and he's seen what's in it. And he wants us to become a student of the cardiology as well, to study our own heart and to know, hey, listen, we've got some hard work to do because there are moments 
in our life where the stuff comes out and what comes out is not clean. It stinks. Create in me a clean heart, O God. But we do a great job of cleaning out the inside, but not allowing God to do the hard work on the inside. Ezekiel 36. Great prophet. God spoke these words to him. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. He wasn't a Baptist. You can laugh. It's okay. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you. will be clean. Now one of the things with your children, you want them to get in the bathtub. So sometimes you just spray water on them. But we really, we know that to get clean, we've got to get dunked and immersed and get some soap. Your filth will be washed away. And you will no longer worship idols. In other words, idols is anything that moves our eyesight away from God and pursuing God. That's an idol. Next. And I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I love this right here. This is a beautiful image. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive one. God says, listen, if you cry out to me, I not only will clean it, but I will remove that stony stuff. Because listen, what is heart disease? Literally, God understands He created us. Heart disease is stoning of the heart. Our heart becomes calcified and hard like stone. God says, listen, there are times that I need to reach inside and I need to remove the stony heart so that you can have a tender responsive heart and I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and always be careful to obey my regulations God's a heart doctor Romans 10 9 and 10 so you know this one well if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart This is where He gives you the new heart. He removes the old one and gives you a new one. That God raised Him from the dead. You will be saved. You will be rescued. For it is by believing in your heart, you're getting there, that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. God's saying, listen, we need new hearts. If the source of our communication is our heart, if this is where the emotions and the thoughts and the plans come from, if it's our heart and it hasn't been transposed, it hasn't been replaced with God's heart, then it's going to be totally selfish. It's going to be about us and we're going to pursue our idols and what we want. And to guard the heart. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. It literally means to not allow the world around us to shape us. Have you ever played with Play-Doh? Yes? Okay, is my thing working? Have you ever played with Play-Doh? Okay, and so when you had Play-Doh, even in the old days, I think, my parents have told me that they had things that you could mold in there. You remember those? You could mold and shape it and form it. This is the idea of what Paul is talking about. Listen, don't allow the world to form you and to shape you and to make you to look and to think and to act like the world. Don't allow the world to press in on you and, and so that you look no different, act no different, think no differently than the world. Allow God to transform you. This idea of transform is to be metamorphed. 
like the butterfly that you see go from a caterpillar, goes into a cocoon and has to struggle to get out of that cocoon. And the only thing that's there for that caterpillar to, to have hope is that there's a glimmer of light when that cocoon and they can see that light and they struggle and they struggle and struggle. So whenever they break forth from the cocoon, they've struggled to the point that they can fly. And even though they're still brittle, they can fly and they have the strength, that butterfly, to go and to do and to see things differently. So allow God to transform, to metamorph you into a new person, into a new being by changing the way that you think and the way that your heart communicates. And again, it's not just with our speech. It's with our thoughts. It's with our plans. It's the way that we love. It's the way that we care. It's the way that we treat our wife. It's the way that we treat our husband. It's the way that we treat our employees. Because everything that we do as followers of Jesus communicates. And what are we communicating? What is the meaning of following Jesus that our friends and our neighbors, what are they hearing from us as we're saying, this is what God says Christianity is? What are we communicating? A new heart. A heart that's guarded. As you look at your heart, how's your blood pressure? How's the plaque build up? Maybe you need to change your diet. Maybe you need to change what you're eating, what you're taking in, what you're bringing in. Maybe there's some other issues. Listen, God's in the business of heart surgery. And we've come a long way in science. It's called the practice of medicine, and we're still practicing. We've come a long way. They can do some incredible things. They can see parts of the heart that they've never seen before. Listen, the great scientist, the great healer, knows and understands your heart because he created it, and he's not surprised by our hearts. So allow him, let the guard down, and say, God, I need a heart transplant. I need you to do some work. Spend some time on my heart. When it comes to communication, none of us have arrived. None of us are ever going to arrive. Here's what I tell my kids all the time, but I need to listen to more. God has given you two ears and one Yeah. Some of us, sometimes we think we've got two mouths and no ears. That's a symptom of the heart, is that we think we've got all the answers. And again, people want to know that we love them before they hear what we've got to say with our voice. Everything we do communicates as followers of Christ. Guard your heart. Be careful what goes in and what goes out. Let's pray together. Father, you've given us hearts. Sometimes we've done a lot of damage to the hearts that you've given us physically, spiritually, emotionally. So Father, I just pray this morning that as we just kind of allow you to open up our chest to just peer in. Father, we would allow you to be honest as our doctor and give us a true evaluation where there's plaque build up. We know that it's painful, but may you do the cleaning out. 
Father, maybe we need a whole new heart. Maybe we've never gotten to that point of saying yes to you, that we've never believed in our heart that Jesus Christ gave his life for us, that we need that new heart. That This morning I pray that you would make that clear to anyone here that needs to know you and needs to know that. Father, I pray for some of us we've been doing, claiming the name of Jesus and saying that we've been sitting at the feet of Jesus as a student for a long time, but there's the diet of our life shows that there's no evidence. So, Father, I pray that you would do a a chipping away, a chiseling of the stone and the plaque and make us our heart responsive and new and afresh. For, Father God, I know everyone in this room, their desire is to communicate the love of Jesus Christ through the way that they talk, through the way that they live, through the way that they act, through everything that they do. And everything that we do communicates the love or the not the love of Jesus Christ. So, Father, may we start here with ourselves, draw a circle around ourselves and allow you to start to work in this heart and change my thoughts, my plans, my direction. And may they line up with yours. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen.